Luke Stevenson has a thing for parakeets and 99-cent ice cream cones. And he's got a thing for mustaches and English roses and record-breaking fish, too. I get a bit geeky and start looking into things, and and then it, it kind of snowballs from there, basically. <laughs> Luke's a photographer. He's taken photos of all of these things and many more. He once photographed every single cornflake in a box. There were 7,122 of them. Back in 2007, Luke was getting ready to photograph one of these oddities he enjoys, a bird show in a church outside of London. So he got to the church and began looking around the space and figuring out how he was going to set up the shoot. That is when the vicar came up to him. And the vicar said to me, would you like to see the clown museum? They're moving out. There was a clown museum there as well, as again, as you do in a church. Um, and I went in and there was all the big shoes and the kind of costumes and posters and things. And then there was this little cabinet with about 40 eggs in it, all these little faces. And it had the little names underneath. And it was, I was just like, wow, what is that? I'm Dylan Thuris, and this is Atlas Obscura, a celebration of the world's strange, incredible, and wondrous places. And today, we open that strange cabinet, and we find eggs that are not merely eggs, but an entire clown code of conduct. And there is indeed a clown code of conduct. More after this. For your next vacation spot, check out Texas for their vast landscape of culture, regions, destinations, and activities. Explore 350 miles of coastline and every kind of hiking trail from strenuous to wheelchair accessible. Enjoy world-famous barbecue and Tex-Mex and check out thrilling cowboy experiences. Travel Texas even offers an online trip builder that allows users to generate a custom, visually-led trip matched to their unique interests. Visit TravelTexas.com slash GetYourOwn to get the only trip to Texas that matters. Yours. When Tillamook ice cream beckons you to the freezer aisle, which irresistibly creamy flavor do you choose? While you're thinking, try not to fuck up the glass. Tillamook ice cream. Extraordinary dairy. The collection of eggs that Luke found in the church that day have a name. They're called the Clown Egg Register. It started after the Second World War. Um, the, this a clown society began called Clowns International. Um, and it was started by a guy called Stan Bolt. So much a part of every circus. All alike, but are they so alike? For every clown has his own working face. In this video, Stan Bolt is wearing a posh suit and holding an egg. He's painting the face of the clown sitting across from him. The clown has a serene expression on his white-painted face. And to you or me, the clown's makeup might seem pretty standardized. White face, red nose, you got it. But in the clowning community, it is much more nuanced. To safeguard the unwritten law that clowns do not copy each other's makeup design, Mr. Stan Bolt, secretary of the International Circus Clown Club, uses painted eggshells to build up a register of faces. Stan carefully sketches in the clown's dimples and the two abstract black designs painted above his eyes. 
These are the clown's signature look. A chemist bored with his day job, Stan took an interest in clowns and began painting their faces onto chicken eggs as a part-time hobby. But his work would live on in the clown community. The idea is that basically a clown's face paint is like their signature. It's like proprietary. Like, it would be really rude for one clown to, like, paint themselves the exact same as another clown. It would be like a big faux pas. Yeah. Yeah, that's their signature, as you say. That's their kind of what their their trademark. That's what, how they are recognized in their kind of profession. So it kind of makes sense in a weird way. And I mean, kind of quite fitting that you do it on an egg for a clown. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Stan used to do it to Jack, I think just to kind of document famous clowns in the 1940s. Um because that's when, I mean, that's really the heyday of clowning, when there were kind of big, big names in the clowning world. Stan painted the eggs until he died in 1966, but the clown egg tradition has continued. Since Stan, there have been four clown egg artists, and although the practice has changed a bit, Stan used real chicken eggshells and decorated them with colored pencils. Now the artists use paint on ceramic eggs. Every clown that registers with Clowns International gets their very own egg, painted with their very own clown makeup. The eggs are lovingly maintained, and there are more than 250 in the clown egg registry. It might not sound like a huge number, but each egg takes several days of painstaking work to create. And Clowns International doesn't just accept anybody. If you try to take a clown name that already exists by a different clown, you can't get in. They also limit membership to clowns that already have an established, distinctive visual identity. Eleven years after first stumbling on this collection in a church, Luke kept thinking about those eggs. And he decided to photograph every single one of them. In 2018, he published all of these portraits in a photo book. Looking at all these clown eggs, did you start to have affection for them did you have a favorite there's a few that i kind of always really like just aesthetically one called gary the musical clown which i always <laughs> i thought that was just a, a he just sounded fun gary i always quite like the idea of gary coming around and playing some music in luke's book you stare at each of these clown eggs and you get a sense for the clown themselves Gary the Musical Clown looks like a kid going through a rebellious phase in middle school. He's got straight rainbow-colored hair that points in all directions like he just got out of bed. He's got two red music notes painted on his round cheeks, wide green eyes, and an ever-so-slight smile. Then there's Pepe, who wears a red beret and has a single black curve painted above his right eye, like he's raising an eyebrow. He looks like a kind of mischievous, posh sort of mime. And of course, in the book, you can also find the clowning greats, like Joseph Grimaldi. He essentially invented that classic white grease paint look. Grimaldi's egg has two upside-down red triangles on his plump cheeks and big, fat red lips. He's grinning and has three small tufts of red hair stuck to the top of his egg-shaped head. When you start looking up close and personal at these clown eggs, you start to see the nuances of their makeup and why it might be so important to at least unofficially trademark it. And you also get to peek a little bit into each of their personalities. 
When Luke was putting together the book, he worked with a researcher named Helen Champion. She kind of was trained to be a clown, so she was quite interested in it as well. And she, so she started researching all the lives of these clowns, as many as she could find out, basically. And that kind of changed it quite a lot in my head as well, because you suddenly were hearing these, I'd just seen it as these like Coco the Clown, you know, Emmett, Kelly, all these names that were just associated with these little eggs. And then suddenly she started looking into them and finding out things. And you had like, you had this backstory about these little faces. And then you kind of realize that there's these people and there's these lives. Some of them are quite dull and some of them were quite interesting and weird and quite tragic in some cases. And this kind of takes on a whole different element then. There's the story of Beto and Uncle Fred, a.k.a. Sheila and Harry Beetson, who have been married for 60 years. Or Chocolat, who was born to enslaved parents in Cuba and who eventually became one of France's premier clowns. Then there's Conk, who battled with depression after his divorce. He had two small children, and he took up clowning to cheer them all up. There are entire life stories, all hidden inside each of these little ceramic eggs resting in a cabinet in the clown egg register. Photography is just a great way to be nosy and kind of be able, it opens doors that you wouldn't necessarily get to go in just because you've got a camera around. It gives you an excuse. You're like, why are you here? I'm taking photos. You're allowed into these little worlds that you wouldn't necessarily see um, or get access to if you didn't have a camera around your neck. So I think that's why I kind of do it. Because <laughs> I'm just inherently nosy. It's funny, like, th- as we talked about, this project has had such a long life and kind of keeps getting, like, showing up. Because I feel like once you've seen the clown eggs, you, like, want to show someone the clown eggs. Are you? Do you feel a little bit, like, um, you know, haunted by these things? Or, like, it's sort of the project that won't quite die, you know? That's kind of one of the reasons, one of the nice things of doing it is you're kind of documenting something like this. Because otherwise it's just sitting in a room somewhere and no one gets to see it. That's one of the nice things about being a photographer and kind of finding these little odd things that you can kind of document them and, and put them in a way that more people will see them. Every now and again in the world, you encounter something so strange that you cannot stop thinking about it, at least until you pass it on to someone else. Get them to think about it for a while. And this is exactly what Luke did with the clown eggs. And so now here I am, passing the clown eggs along to you. I hope you enjoy them. I certainly have. Luke's book, along with his collaborator, Helen Champion, is called The Clown Egg Register. You can find more of his work at lukestevenson.com. This episode was produced by Johanna Mayer. Our podcast is a co-production of Atlas Obscura and Witness Docs. The production team includes Doug Baldinger, Chris Naka, Camille Stanley, Willis Ryder Arnold, Sarah Wyman, Manolo Morales, Gianna Palmer, Tracy Samuelson, John Delore. Our technical director is Casey Holford. 
And this episode was sound designed and mixed by Luce Fleming. And our theme and end credit music is by Sam Tyndall. I'm Dylan Thuris, wishing you all the wonder in the world. I will see you next time. Witness Docs from Stitcher. The world isn't wide enough for those with an insatiable desire for discovery. The all-new 2024 Lincoln Nautilus Hybrid SUV offers the power and freedom to explore further and deeper than ever before. Intuitive, smart features ensure they are always connected to the road ahead. Inside, a thoughtfully designed cabin immerses you in a universe that is all your own. The larger-than-life panoramic display spans the entire width of the cabin. It's customizable and interactive. Drivers can even personalize their backgrounds with a series of nature-inspired themes. This vehicle signals the arrival of an exciting new chapter for Lincoln. Discover more about the 2024 Lincoln Nautilus at Lincoln.com. This is a big year. The Ohio Lottery's golden anniversary. 50 years of excitement, of growing jackpots and crossed fingers. 50 years of funding for schools, of changed lives and brightened days. 50 years of fun, and that is worth celebrating. So watch for can't-miss promotions, huge events, and new games that will make the Ohio Lottery's 50th year its biggest one yet. Learn more at funturns50.com.